Pod is a ministry of Grace Church Greenwich. For more resources to help you get to know God better through his word, including bite-sized theology and answers to big questions, do check out www.greenwich.church. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi there, welcome to Grace Pod, and we are looking at the next section of Mark. We're in chapter 9 and verse 30 to verse 50. And we're in this section which is about um, what kind of a Christ Jesus is going to be and what it will mean to follow him. In fact, that is the theme of this whole section from chapter 8 to chapter 10. Three times Jesus predicts his own death and resurrection. And three times in different words, he invites his disciples to follow him on the same path. So last time, Jesus said, literally, I'm going to die and rise again. If anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. At this time, we get the same kind of idea, but in different language. He says, whoever will be first must be last. Whoever will be last will be first. So to follow Jesus is to sp- deny yourself and to put yourself last of all. And this actually is a whole section. So it's bookended by, um, where are we? Chapter, um, the first will be last is it's chapter eight, 9, verse 35. And then right at the very, very end of the whole section, chapter 10, verse 31 the first will be last and the last will be first. So this is a whole section, two chapters long, talking about taking up your cross as putting yourself last. Yeah. And we um, we discover that Jesus gives this um, prediction about his death, his second one. You know, I'm going to be handed, delivered into the hands of men. They'll kill me and then I'll rise again. He, he lays it out there. But we're told specifically the context. And he's on a, he's on a journey. He's, he's walking through Galilee. And the, towards Jerusalem, which is the place where this will all happen, I you, guess. Yeah, exactly. And that we get told that there are two conversations happening on the same journey. I guess not literally at the same moment, but somewhere on the journey, they have both of these conversations. And do you want to just tell us what they, the two conversations are? I mean, it's, it's just very excruciating, isn't it? Because Jesus is trying to teach about his own fate. Um, when he's killed after three days, he'll rise. And then when they get to their destination in Capernaum and he was in the house, Jesus asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent because on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. So Jesus is saying, I'm the Messiah about to be crucified. And they are saying, I'm better than you, John. No, I'm better than you, Peter. And this sort of petty squabbling. and, And then when Jesus asked them, they can't say they're just too ashamed of it. It's just called out. So this this chasm between the sacrifice of Jesus and the self-serving sort of self-obsession of us, of the, of the disciples, is just very painful to, to see. And pretty common in our experience. So we have these disciples moments of like bigging ourselves up and bragging. And, and then the next moment your thoughts go to Jesus and his self-giving and you just feel, oh, what have I just done? <laughs> Even just imagining that question, oh, what were you talking about? says Jesus and you just don't want to tell him yeah um, and then Jesus kind of spells out um, what what it will mean to follow him we've, we've had the deny self take up your cross but he spells it out in a bit more detail and he gives this very um, searching statement he says if anyone would be first he must be last of all and servant of all and the, the phrases in that make that most difficult to hear are the phrase of all mm. and anyone mm. So, Jesus, I mean, I guess all of us know what it is to serve in situations where we love the person and we Mm. like the person. And and it's no great burden to do something in that context. And Jesus says, well, fine, but 
uh, in my kingdom, I want you to be servant, not of that kind of person, but of all. And we think gulp. And, and not only that, but the anyone at the beginning. This isn't just for Jesus. This isn't for the elite. Um, this is just um, common or garden discipleship. If anyone is going to walk this road, this is the path. And it seems that's the headline idea to be the servant. And then Jesus gives three examples of how you do that. And um, we got a bit clear on this recently, didn't we? Just thinking, how does these things fit together? So there's a child that you're supposed to welcome. Jesus takes the child in his, in his arms. There are rivals that you're supposed to welcome because here are some other people driving out demons in Jesus' name, but they're not part of the 12. How should we deal with them? And then the sin that you're supposed to fight. So welcoming children, welcoming rivals and fighting sin. Let's take those one by one. Yeah. And he he takes a child and puts him in the midst of them. And again, we have to sort of grasp what child means in that context. So mm. they didn't have baby gap and they weren't all about kind of, <laughs> um, you know, focusing on trying to dress like teenagers and be, you know, youth wasn't a cool thing in those days. Um, so when we, when you read child's, um, gloss it as gutter snipe or nobody. So, so let me read it again. He took a gutter snipe and put him in the midst of What's them. What's a gutter snipe? Well, as in, like a Victorian <laughs> orphan, like a, a, a child who is a nobody. Um, he, he took he took someone who's the lowest of the low, and then says, "Whoever receives one such child, i.e., a nobody, in my name, receives me." And Jesus is saying, "Okay, I don't just want you to serve. I don't just want you to be last." But I want you to have in your mind the person who is of the lowest status and you mm. might have, you know, someone's coming to mind and, and Jesus says, okay, I want you to make a beeline for them and find the person who offers you nothing. You know, their conversation is, is hard work. Um, you're not going to get any networking benefit from it. Mm. Go and find that person. And if you welcome them in my name, there's a wonderful thing going on because you are welcoming me. And if you welcome me, you welcome God the Father. Mm. And Jesus flips all our social interactions on their head and says, don't do what everyone else does and go to top table, but find the, the bottom table. And in so doing, you're welcoming me. It's like that awful thing when you're talking to somebody after church and you notice them or you yourself are doing this, looking over your shoulder to find the slightly more interesting person. And yeah, you know, I think we we all do it, and I you know, catch myself um, look at the person, deal with the person that God's placed in your path. And when you see them, when I see them doing it to me, I'm offended, but then I mustn't do it to them. Um, I think we still get, don't we? Even though children are higher status in our society than theirs, yeah, there's still changing nappies is a you know is a low status thing, and running the crash in church. I mean, we, we've we've got lots and lots of babies, and a need for more people. And there's not a massive rush to sign up for the crash rater. But to think being on the crash rater is a, is a direct application of following Jesus, taking up my cross and following him, because I'm willing to be a servant like he was a servant. Yeah. And, and the other group of people that are really hard to serve, apart from the nobodies, um, is, of course, people we feel rivals with. And we, we would actually quite like them to take a, a peg lower so that we could take a peg higher. Shall I read the verse? Um, John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. <laughs> it's just, when you, obviously I'm emphasising the us, but you know, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And this 
individual is following Jesus because he's casting out demons in Jesus' name. But but Peter's beef, or sorry, John's beef with it is he's not one of our gang. It's like when he says the us, is it us disciples or us disciples plus Jesus? Jesus, I really like that thing you said about you being a son of man and glory. And anyway, we're, we're with you on that and we're at the top of the tree. Um, but some people, they don't really get that we're at the top of the tree with you. <laughs> what do we do about that? <laughs> yeah. And this this phrase, in my name, is the key, right? So verse 37, whoever receives a child in my name receives me. Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. Answer, do not stop him. No one who does a mighty work in my name will be soon be able soon after us to speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. So the criterion here is, where are they with Jesus? It's not, are they part of your little church gang? You know, Are they part of Grace Church Greenwich? Are they part of our particular Christian circles? But where do they stand with Jesus? And if they're following him genuinely, so this this isn't a call for all unity. So we you know, there's lots of debates at the moment about unity in the Church of England. Should we embrace every single doctrinal position or every variant of um, lifestyle? No, of course not. But Jesus says you should embrace people who aren't in your tribe if they're genuinely Christian, if they're taking up their cross and following Jesus and submitting to His words. According to Him, they're in, and and, they, and you should welcome them too. I find this really striking because we're in the ABC of what it means to follow a suffering Messiah. And this is one of the first bases Jesus goes to and says, this will look like no tribalism. Mm. If if you've understood this, one of the first things you will do is collapse the walls of your tribe and just say, anyone who's with Jesus is with me. And and Jesus flips it in verse 41 because I love this it's just yeah it's an extra thing you expect it to say you should give people a glass of water because of Jesus so I guess I mean giving a glass of water doesn't sound like a huge thing in our culture but if you're in the Middle East and it's very hot and water scarce and it's really worth serving somebody so welcome people and give them water when they need it when they're hot but Jesus as you say Jesus flips it yeah he says truly I say to you whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward and so Jesus is envisaging these rivals whom they want to you know push down a bit and he says look it's very likely they're going to want be the ones who who serve you and you need when you're in in danger um and so actually it's a wonderful thing that my community the, the people of jesus have no tribal lines because it will benefit you we could be better at this couldn't we in, in the uk i don't know about listeners to grace pod from other countries but we are really quite tribal in our christianity and you know obviously the the criterion of are you really with jesus and his words is a key one you can't have unity outside of the, the word of god but where there are people who are genuinely loving jesus and following him we tend to draw, draw it divide into our little parties um and one of the ways we try to overcome it at grace church is just with prayer suppers so or prayer meetings once a month and we try to invite pastors from other local churches who are gospel people and pray for them but i still think it is it is an effort isn't it when you find out the church down the road is doubled in size and is doing much better than yours the response should be brilliant the kingdom of jesus is growing as opposed to oh yeah i feel a sort of envy of them and whatever and we've come um, we've arrived planting a church in a new area and have discovered just this kind of attitude amongst people who are not from our network yes. and they 
give us much more than a cup of water and try and bless us yeah. and show much more generosity than we were expecting. So the headline is, um, Jesus went to the cross and then rose. We must go to the cross before we rise. The specific application is, if you want to be first, you need to be last and the servant. And then we're seeing different ways in which you can serve others. You serve the, the no status person, the child. You serve the rival uh, that you welcome. And then there's a little um, change where the way in which you serve a little child or a low status person is by not causing them to sin. Yeah, so verse 42, uh, I find this um, very strong words on the lips of Jesus. We've, we've um, got um, a situation, a really difficult situation in the Church of England right now, and I think these words jumped out at me in a new way today. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, Jesus says, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung round his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And Jesus is not welcoming. He, he gives his starkest warning to those who cause um, his little ones, his you know, those who believe in him to sin. And, and so Jesus is, is all about welcome, all about generosity. Um, but he's not saying that means it doesn't matter, um, you know, if if we just um, collapse our standards. Now he says you've got to be very careful not to lead others into sin. You don't welcome the false teacher, or Jesus doesn't welcome the false teacher. Exactly on the day of judgment. Um, and the way, and then this is another interesting shift because you mustn't cause other people to sin. Verse forty-two, and then the way you do that is you don't sin yourself. Verse forty-three. And I think this is a really helpful connection that the way in which I encourage you to be godly is by being godly myself. The way in which I encourage you to fight sin is by fighting sin myself. And if I'm lax in my own battle with sin, that is going to entice you to be lax and then you might stumble. So the way the way not to be a false teacher is actually about personal repentance and godliness. And then Jesus keeps on with these it's better if. So it's better if a great millstone were hung around his neck and were thrown to the sea. Then verse 43, if your hand calls you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than with two feet be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell where their worm does not die. And the fire is not quenched. Everyone is salted with fire. So, um, and it, it obviously is better, isn't it? That it, it's once again we we looked at this in the last grace pod, but it's this now compared with the future thing. So, if you believe there's a future a day of judgment, there's a day when Jesus returns, there's a day of a glorious kingdom that we're welcomed into. It would be worth any sacrifice now to get there. And you know, it'd be better to, to arrive into the kingdom of heaven with one one hand, one foot, and one eye. Is much better than to have a whole body and end up in hell in the future. And Jesus um, ends this section by, where at the end of verse fifty, he says, um, "Have salt in yourselves, so so be distinctive in your behaviour, and be at peace with one another." And um, the section started with this journey and they were arguing together on the way um, and Jesus ends the section by saying make sure you're at peace with one another and I, I find it um, really um, interesting that all this talk about different sorts of discipleship um, Jesus is saying that there's a sort of 
community which is just marked by hostility and one-upmanship Mm. Um, and there's a sort of community which is his community which is going to be marked by peace and, and unity and the way to be uh, the, the distinctives of Jesus community will, will create a, a wonderful peace say for example if everyone is servant of all can you imagine mm. walking into a room and everyone's looking out for the, the nobody mm. uh, can you imagine where instead of the, the um, hierarchy and the, the tribalism and the, um, you know everyone trying to get uh, one up on their their rivals what what about if you, you were all brothers and receive one another what about if people were really wholeheartedly against sin and made sure that they didn't cause anyone else to sin by their sloppiness mm. and you enter that community and jesus says this will when, when you're when you have salt in yourselves when you live like this there will be peace not rivalry and dissension there is a way of reading these chapters that makes them a theoretical ideal that we never attain. So you, you just read it and say, oh gosh, well, we're not disciples then. And and I think you know there's truth in that. So the disciples themselves aren't quick to pick up Jesus' lessons. And he says, welcome a child. And in the next chapter, they're going to drive away a child. And he says, um, be a servant of all. And they're arguing about his greatest. And they can argue about his greatest again. And so it's, it's true that we struggle to attain this. And in our... You know, we saw last week with man this is impossible so we're going to need God's help to do this but it, I don't think it's a unachievable theoretical thing I think in churches we, we see this don't we I mean wonderfully mm-hmm. we see people making sacrifices to be godly encouraging other people to make sacrifices to be godly we have people who would have been rivals welcome each other we we find peace so I, I kind of want I want to read it both as a a rebuke and oh God, gosh I need Jesus forgiveness and I need Jesus help to do this because I'm a long way short of it and I want to read it as an encouragement of, mm-hmm. I see this all around us and and alongside the the great equipping of Jesus and the enabling which he brings is his example so um, scattered throughout this section is the now and then uh, dynamic so Jesus is prepared to go to suffering now because there's resurrection later and in the same way, verse 35, anyone would be first, he must be last. Well, you, you can afford to be last now if there's going to be a first then. And Or verse 41, you get, uh, whoever gives you a cup of water will not lose his reward. Well, I can I can afford to be generous now because there's a, a, a turnaround and there'll be rewards, mm. even to the, in a detailed way. You know, if you've provided a drink for someone, Jesus will remember it. Um, and I can afford to, you know, cut off, the hand or the eye or go hard on sin now because there's going to be a glory later so hmm. jesus gives his enabling and part of his enabling is is um just gazing on him and seeing his pattern and realizing that this is the way to live jesus was teaching his disciples saying to them the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him when he's killed after three days he'll rise and they didn't understand He sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Thanks for listening to Grace Pod. We hope you've found it an encouragement as as we have looking at these words of Jesus and and a real challenge as well. And may God bless us as we take up our cross and follow him. And may he make possible what is for us by nature impossible. Please share this with anyone um, that you think would find it useful. And please subscribe if you want to get it in your podcast regularly, all those sorts of things. And see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to Grace Pod. For more information about Grace Church Greenwich, visit www.greenwich.church.